across the UK, online, on DAB, and on your smart speaker. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. And so, the lockdown begins, and yet it doesn't. We're about to enter the eighth week of exposure to coronavirus, and we are now seeing politicians, footballers, actors, amongst the estimated 10,000 people who are now thought to have the disease in the United Kingdom. Yesterday, Boris Johnson told the country to prepare for the deaths of many loved ones. Quite an extraordinary statement. The city's finances suffered their worst losses since 1987, and more and more people have been told that they must stay at home if they have a cough, or a temperature because they are calling this the worst public health crisis for a generation. Today, we will continue to ask for your calls as more and more people prepare to be sent home from work. Schools remain open, but it does look increasingly likely that that could change, although we're only a fortnight away now from the Easter holidays. Tell us what your companies are doing, what you're hearing from your children's teachers and what your plans are for next week if everybody's told not to move around. How exactly will that be working? 0344... 499-1000. Coming up, we'll be travelling to Spain and to Denmark to test the temperature of what a proper lockdown actually looks and feels like and how people are actually operating within those constrictions. Also, we'll be finding out what the future holds for all sporting events, the Olympics and the Euros, even as the Cheltenham Gold Cup gets underway later on today. It seems to me the Premier League football is going to have to be cancelled fairly soon as well. 0344 499-1000. Also, because it's Friday, of course, uh, we've got the Perrier Awards and the good news is Con isn't here. So Martha's going to be doing them uh, coming up in the final hour of the show. You're listening to me, Mike Graham, right here on the fastest growing radio station on the planet. It is, of course, Talk Radio. Mid-morning with Mike Graham. Talk Radio. Front page of the sun this morning. Cough and you're off, of course. Uh, sick Brits are told they must stay at home for a week if, in fact, uh, they have a cough or if they have some kind of temperature. Let's talk to uh, political editor of the sun, Tom Newton-Dunn, to find out how he thinks this is all going. Tom, very good morning to you. Good morning, Mike. I've been looking at your Twitter feed, Tom, and it seems as though you are one of those of the opinion that, that Boris is actually doing OK here. He's taking the right advice. He's not panicking. He's not kind of putting in um, uh, measures as, they, as we've seen in Denmark and in Ireland and obviously in Italy. Um, and you think he's on the right track? Well, I have to say, I think uh, he's on the right track because he's following the medical advice. Uh, Boris, I think, has taken the right decision here to defer everything he does and he asks the country to do uh, to the wisdom of two people, Chris Whitty, who's the chief medical officer, and Sir Patrick Balance, who's mm. the chief scientific advisor. Two people we're all becoming extremely familiar with. They're becoming household names, if not household heroes now. And their advice is absolutely fascinating. It's different, as you say, to a lot of European countries, but for extremely good sound scientific reason. You know, we heard both men, uh, each side of Boris Johnson last night from Downing Street, explain this. Uh, and Sir Patrick Valance has been doing a big broadcast round uh, this morning. And it's based on, from what I can work out, really, and it's a very difficult political message to put across, which is why uh, I don't think Boris Johnson has been saying this overtly yet, but I suspect we'll hear more of that soon. The message is basically, we cannot stop this. Everybody is going to get this at some mm. stage. Therefore, the idea of trying to suppress it, hide people away, all you're doing is delaying things to potentially less advantageous times for hospitals to be full up with, with the very sick. So the British government strategy, based on Patrick Valance and, and Chris Whitty's best uh, possible recommendations of wisdom and work, is try and manage this in the best way possible so that the sick who really need hospital care uh, can get it and there is the best of them. That means trying to sort of spread out the contagion 
So it peaks in, in the summer months when the healthcare is most available to them. Yes, and of course he has been very clear about being sure that the most important aspect of this is public health, but the underlying problem as well of economic disaster is there uh, for all to see because we've just heard today both the Football League and the Premier League now banning all football basically in this country uh, and UEFA doing the same as well uh, until April. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I suppose, especially if you're an Arsenal fan and you heard the news about Miguel Arteta last night, yeah. like me, then that's no bad thing as far as your team's concerned since the Arsenal ranks are going to be decimated anyway. But right. I, I think that's inevitable. The interesting thing is, I mean, we'll hear from the Premiership and the Football League about this soon, I imagine. But I suspect it's not because they've got public health concerns and they're worried people are going to be uh, catching coronavirus in their grounds. It's far more you can't have a football league when half the players are going down and half the management mm. has gone down. It's just simply unfair and a different, you know, an un, un, a bad way of doing business. The, the, the other fascinating thing that came out this morning from Sir Patrick Valance is that actually, do you know what? People getting it now, fit people, healthy people, children, adults, people without underlying health conditions, that is no bad thing at all. And, th and that is, I think, the hardest possible message for anyone to try and explain because it's all about building up immunity. There is no cure for this. There's no vaccine. It's going to be here forever. It will return next winter, the winter after that. It, it's a permanent fixture on the disease calendar now. So try and build up some immunity. See, once you get it, your system kicks in and you develop an immunity and hopefully you won't get it again unless it mutates. But it's an, a, a managed contagion uh, rather than a what I think the government would look at, and I have to say I agree, and I think you do, Mike, a, a slightly blind... Uh, slamming the stable door panic we're seeing going on in other countries. Yes, exactly right. And, and clearly I think there is an aspect to closing schools which would have an impact perhaps on the health service because a lot of people with young children who work in the health service would have to take time off to look after the kids. So I'm uh, apparently in Singapore they've kept the schools open as well. I'm not necessarily one who would say you have to shut all the schools. No, I think that's absolutely right. And, you, you know, I mean, certainly if my kids uh, came out of school, then, then either my or I or both of us would have to stop work right. entirely because, you know, eight-year-olds, ten-year-olds need, need pretty much full-time attention. Uh, but there's also what are you, you going to do with the kids? Can you lock your kids up in the house for a full week? I mean, I'll struggle with that. I'll certainly struggle to lock them up for 12 weeks or three months, which yes. is how long this, this current container is, is going to last. So you've got to look at, you know, Ireland, Italy, how long are kids going to be off school for? Mm. How long is that going to take parents out of work? And how long is that going to decimate the economy? We do have to carry on with life yes. while managing the risk as best as humanly possible. And it strikes me by shutting everything down potentially for three to six months... It's just not the way to do that. And it may well be that it doesn't work anyway, because I've heard um, scientists talking this morning about the fact that if you do that, when you reopen everything in three months' time, it just it just comes back. So, you know, it's not necessarily doing anything other than just postponing it. And I was going to ask you this question, Tom, because we're going to talk to someone in Denmark later on in this hour, but how would you see, if this government does insist on slightly more draconian measures, how, do, how does the country continue to work? You know, if you're told that you're not supposed to travel to work, you have to work from home, you know, uh, you might be told that, I might be told that, lots of people might. How does, how does, how does it get kind of enforced? Well, uh, certainly my company and, uh, well, since we work for roughly the same <laughs> company, but I suspect yours too, 
Uh, we're doing a lot of trials at the moment of working from home. Mm. So uh, one day next week, a whole load of us have been told to work from home. We don't have to yet, but just to see if we can get the system uh, to work. And there is actually necessarily no bad thing in trying these slightly different things. And, uh, you know, in times of national emergency, as often said in wartime, you know, necessity is the mother of invention. And it could well be that there are actually some quite more productive ways of, of working that we could develop by, by, by the fact it's been forced upon us now such as do we all really need to be in for that meeting? Can we get more done if we're here than dropping the kids off and then we can immediately go onto a business call run, sitting on the tube and sweating it out for half yeah. an hour? So I suspect we'll come out of all of this. Clearly, it's not ideal at the moment. There'll be some immense disruption, especially if you need to be physically be in the workplace, like uh, in, in operating a factory machinery or driving maybe. But in terms of office-based staff, I suspect that our productivity as a nation will be increased by this in the long term because we'll work out some slightly clever shortcuts that we never thought of trying before. No, quite. Well, you'd be pleased to know that our good friends in Bristol, you know, who welcomed Greta Thunberg to the, the city a few weeks ago, uh, have allowed a direct action environmental campaign to target 11 different businesses across Bristol today because uh, they're anti-capitalist. Isn't that marvellous? Thank God for that. <laughs> Unbelievable. So as far as the uh, the next steps go, what are Downing Street saying? Are they are they can't? I mean, they like I say, they seem to be taking each week sort of one one day at a time almost. Yeah, I think that's exactly the case. It's almost a day at a time at the moment. I mean, there was some argument that that we could have had the, the pretty dramatic and big announcements from Boris Johnson that we saw yesterday, the day before. Actually, mm. I think that probably would have helped. But of course, the day before that was Wednesday, which is the day of the budget. And the government desperate not to not to have that overshadowed, but they are rolling this out uh, on a timetable entirely dictated by the medical practitioners. So when uh, do we need to announce what to best manage the contagion and manage the people amount of people coming into the hospital and manage the amount of people getting it and developing antibodies, which they now want people to do. So. That doesn't mean we won't see a lot more social distancing. I think we will over the, the weeks uh, ahead. And we could well see cool schools close. Remember, we've got, we've got Easter holidays coming up, which is, which is coming actually very, very conveniently for the school calendar. Yeah. You know, three or four weeks off, absolutely as Britain begins to get into the sort of peak period of contagion. So maybe schools won't close before then. They may not open after then, I think is a bit more likely. Uh, certainly the Premier League is acting. So we will see more movement restrictions for the government, potentially travel restrictions but uh, someone put it to me in government the other day what's the point in restricting travel when the whole world has got this when well, there's nowhere else left to go in the world where you can't catch it or, or, or can't spread it yeah so we may well soon be entering a, a brand new phase in all this. and what about all the measures that were announced by rishi sunak uh, on uh, budget day for people to be given assistance financially if they do have to take time off work or if they are sick is that is that uh, are they confident that machine is going to is going to whir into motion quickly enough Yes, that, that's all going to kick in very soon. There's some changes that have been uh, made now without legislation, such as uh, the access to uh, ESA, the, the sickness benefit, uh, for statutory sick pay to be paid by the government, for government to pick up businesses' costs. That may need a bit of law, but the finance bill is going to come through Parliament very quickly indeed, uh, potentially next week. And remember, there's this emergency legislation uh, coming, and the government's going to pass a bill. Well, I think we expect to see it next week, but they'll rush it through... Uh, before Easter recess the week after that to give uh, the state the powers it needs to uh, tackle this, you know, whether it's recruiting more NHS people, stopping people at the borders, uh, whatever it is. So the gun machine is turning fast. I think the big unknown, though, was what Rishi Sunak was announcing, was, you know, a whole load of money, £12 billion alone, uh, to fight this, whether it's bailing out businesses or individuals or money for the health service, whether that's going to be enough, because 
what is clearly going to happen now is, is the, the growth of, in the country is going to take a massive hit. Yeah. The government will definitely need to try and stimulate the economy more by putting more money into the economy. And also the government's own forecasts for how much tax takings it can take this year to supply the, uh, the country with, with everything it needs is also going to come down. So uh, that's, I think, probably the biggest concern, which you see that it has now. It gets a bit technical, but his growth forecasts uh, produced by the Office of Budget Responsibility, mm. who are independent, predicted growth about 1.1% this year pre-coronavirus outbreak. Now, clearly, we're not going to grow at 1.1% this year when much of the economy shuts down for three to six months. So he is not going to get the tax takings he wanted by the autumn. And I think we're basically going to have to see a brand new budget drawn up and put in place because he can pretty much tear up and, and throw in a bin the one he did on Wednesday. Yeah. And unless they get this very wrong, it's not a bad thing. And I don't mean this in any sort of flippant way, but it's, you know, these kinds of emergency situations are often good for politicians and quite good for government because it means that every other piece of, uh, of general criticism sort of disappears. Well, yeah, and there's certainly that in terms of a good day to bury bad news, I suppose. But actually, I think the opposite is happening, that pretty much all politics is beginning to grind to a halt yeah. everywhere else apart from coronavirus. So we saw the, the, the next round, the second round of the Brexit negotiations next week cancelled last right. night. They'll try and do that via Skype or something. It's going to be pretty ineffective. Uh, also, the local elections now in May, a whole lot of councils and uh, mayors in, in towns and big cities are going to get elected. That is almost certainly also going to be cancelled. Right. So, you know, the machine, the British political machine, is basically grinding to a halt and flipping entirely onto an emergency response to coronavirus. So, really, there is no politics anymore apart from coronavirus. Yeah, it's the new Brexit, isn't it? I mean, that's it's an incredible thing. Tom, thank you very much indeed. Tom Newton-Dunn, political editor of The Sun there, telling us precisely what this all means for uh, Downing Street, what it means for Boris Johnson, what it means for uh, the next few weeks and months, basically, of general life in this country, because I'm still not entirely certain how it all works. If we are going to go into some form of lockdown, who polices that? Who tells you that you can't go in your car and take your kids to the local park? Who tells you that you can't get on a train uh, and travel to some kind of event that you've had planned for quite a long time? If you've got a wedding to go to, uh, you've got maybe 50th birthday parties to go to, you've got wedding anniversaries, you've got holidays. I want to hear from you all, and we will take your calls coming up next. 0344 499 1000 is the number. This is, of course, Talk Radio. Mid-morning with Mike Graham. Talk Radio. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham here on Talk Radio. I've got some really good tweets coming in on all manner of different things, but particularly about uh, coronavirus and about the way that you guys uh, are, in fact, seeing what's happening out there. Because that's what I'd like to hear from you on, uh, is the, the eyes and ears of our community are you, the listeners to this show. And you can tell us and we can tell everybody else. Jill says, I'm just back from the supermarket. Supplies at a lower level than usual, but as far as I can tell, everything had some availability. Uh, staff said it's been manic, although I went up to the till and was the second person in line, so there are no big queues. Well, I think most of the crazy shopping has already been done. And if you've been out stocking up toilet paper in the past week, you're probably not going to be out stocking up again this Friday. But who can say? Let us know if you've been to the shops, what you're seeing, who you're talking to, what you're being told. Jonathan says, here's an idea. I'm not one for sitting at home hidden. Let's get a quick training program going for people who want to help the NHS as support for the staff. Well, we, I thought we heard uh, back at uh, probably an over a week ago, which is a long time in the history of the coronavirus, basically, that we were going to use an awful lot of volunteers 
players in the NHS because that was going to be the answer for a while. Now, I don't know whether that is still something that actually is, is being recommended. Chris says, my grandson's school teacher has been isolated for having the symptoms of the virus, so the school is closed. Uh, what plans are in place for this? Um, I don't know. Um, Neo says, the mere fact that Boris Johnson is not following many other nations is in itself making big calls. We had Gerard the Cooler on earlier who was saying he didn't think that Boris Johnson was taking this seriously enough. I think he is. Um, but having just heard what the Football League has done, are you doing enough? That is the question. Let's talk to John Adams, who is a dad of two, parenting blogger at dadblockuk.com, uh, because, of course, one of the things that you have to worry about during anything like this is how you talk to your kids exactly about the coronavirus. Very good morning to you, John. How are, how are you? Good morning. I, I'm, well, you know, I've got a bit of a sore throat and a bit of a cough, actually, but otherwise well, I'm OK. Well, I mean, they say if you've got a, a new cough, uh, you might need to stay at home for seven days. I mean, how, how old are your kids? Uh, yeah, the oldest is 11, youngest is seven. Right, so they're young enough, really, that if your school was, their school was to close, you would have to look after them at home, wouldn't you? Oh, well, I've got one at home with me today. So, have you? Yes. And, yes. And, and why is that? Uh, she well, she, she's she's not got a high temperature. She's got an elevated temperature. She's got a cough. Um, so yeah, that's the advice. So you, was you, the school? Did the home. school suggest that you keep her at home? No, I I kept her at home anyway. Um, the school have actually asked me to get back in touch with Public Health England um, just to you know just to double check mm. basically. So that's the situation as it stands at the minute. But who knows how long the schools are going to be open for anyway? Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, it's only about two and a half weeks or so until the Easter holidays, because I was talking to MPs about this the other day down in Westminster. They go into recess in a couple of weeks, so they're kind of reluctant to close everything down any earlier than that, because after that, they'll have a bit of a break anyway. Well, that's it. I mean, I, 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 obviously, I've got no special information. I know nothing more, but I, I do wonder if the schools will close early ahead of Easter, because... Mm. Um, a week or two early, because uh, uh, people will obviously have plans or they've geared up yeah. for those two weeks anyway. So you'd just be making a holiday slightly longer, as opposed. Well, to... Well, I'd be amazed if anybody's booked an Easter holiday and is now going on it, because I'd be surprised if anybody wanted to. Because I mean, I don't know whether you have. I certainly haven't. And some years we do, and some years we don't. It just depends on you know the way the cookie crumbles, as it were. But but at the moment we are kind of sitting around thinking we're not actually going to book anything. We're not actually going to make any plans because we don't really know where this is all going. No, we don't know where this is going. Uh, and I'd spare a thought for my goddaughter, who was meant to be going away on a school trip uh, to Belgium to, oh, yeah. to visit the World War I uh, cemeteries out there. Right. Um, so I assume that must, that must have been called off. She was meant to be going this weekend. Right. Um, but no, we've got no holidays uh, booked. Um, but I'd imagine if you were that kind of person and feeling cheeky, it's probably a very good time to look at a summer break in Italy. I'm sure it is. <laughs> but I don't think we can, with any kind of um, sort of surety at all, even look ahead to what Italy's going to look like in the summer. Because from, from what we're told, um, the streets of Milan and other uh, cities are completely deserted. Their economy is going to be completely and utterly destroyed, I think. Um, and who knows what it's going to be like there? Well, this is very true. Who, who does know? Um, and, and you're quite right. I mean, I'm, I'm staggering. What is it that's open now? Pharmacies and food shops and everything else has been forced Basically, to close. Basically, yeah, restaurants I mean, are closed. Is... The football probably is going to be cancelled. I mean, what are you saying to your kids? Because this is the other thing that one of my youngest said at one point that he didn't want to go to school because he was frightened of going to school. And we had to sort of have this conversation with him to say, look, you know, there's a very small chance that you get sick. And if you do get sick, there's an even smaller chance that, that it's anything more than some very bad flu. 
Well, this is very true, and it is a case of actually keeping it in perspective and making it clear to them that if you do fall ill, uh, that the odds are, you know, we are thankfully, uh, you know, a, a very healthy family, that it'll be, it won't be particularly serious. Uh, and um, morbid and dreadful thought it was, I was actually talking through to the kids exactly who has died in the UK. And if you look at it, it does seem that everyone has had an underlying health condition yes. and was uh, at quite a senior age. Uh, and my kids were actually quite reassured mm. um, by that, which oh, I, know, I know that's a horrible um, you know, thing to say, but they, they, they did find that, you know... They, no, they I think you have to be... As, I think, you're like in everything else, John, you have to be as honest as you can be, don't you? And I mean, in the end, unless and until we get evidence to the contrary, that would seem to be uh, what happens, right? Now, people are reporting in from Italy saying that there are some other people under the age of 60 who are getting sick and, and who are dying. I'm, I haven't been able to confirm that, so I don't know. But certainly doesn't seem... There was, I was told yesterday there was a nine-year-old boy in Israel who seems to have contracted it, but, but again, no word on how seriously that has affected him. Well, it, it, exactly, and I mean, I could be very wrong on this, but the, the impression I've been getting all along is that if you are healthy and you are, of a, you know, you don't have an underlying health condition, and you're—I hesitate to say what young is these days—but you, you're likely not to be too um, badly impacted. And you know, these could be famous last words, but I'm not unduly concerned for mm. me or, or anyone immediately around me. Um, but I, we have got to think about those members of the community um, that will be affected. And it's not just a case of getting the, the illness, of course. You know, there's, there's the widows and widowers or, or single parents who are going to struggle to get out and do the food shopping or struggle to live day to day just because everything is going to close down. And oh, I'm that's right. Keep them in mind. And I've got a, a tweet here from Gaz who says, I've just been to collect my grandma from a care home after a short illness and we weren't allowed in to get her. We had to wait in the car park for them to bring her out. So things are starting to happen like that. Well, they are. They are. Um, I mean, I think it was uh, Jeremy Hunt said yesterday, wasn't it? He, he couldn't quite believe that care homes were still letting people in. So maybe we should actually... I, I know it's tough, but maybe those measures are coming in. Maybe it's the right thing to do at this stage because care home residents are going to be some of the most vulnerable. Yes, I think that is the problem. I mean, I don't know if you've got um, elderly parents or anything, um, John, but I think most people who have got uh, older relatives are being a bit careful about going to visit them. Uh, well, they are, and in fact, my mother-in-law is meant to be coming down um, next weekend, and I was speaking to my wife about that yesterday, because mm. if, uh, you know, as I say, I've got a sore throat and a little bit of a cough, but if my, my daughter, who's downstairs at the minute, if she's coughing the way she is at the minute, I don't think it would be a good idea for my 80-plus mother-in-law to pay us a visit, really, at the minute. No, I don't think it would be, but uh, we shall see. Well, good luck with the, uh, the little one. Hopefully she feels a bit better, um, and hopefully you feel a bit better as well. Thanks ever so much, Michael Ray. <laughs> See you soon. John Adams there, uh, dad of two, parenting blogger at dadblock.com. Because the, here's the thing, you know, if you are looking after some children at home, um, we need to know whether you've been told to do that, uh, whether you've had to take time off. I happen to know that John is able to work from home, so that's not a massive problem for him. But it could be quite a big problem for many of, of you who have to take time out, and probably what the government's trying to avoid at the moment anyway, is people who maybe work in frontline health uh, situations, you know, the NHS in hospitals, if you're a nurse, if you're a doctor, they don't want you having to take time off to look after your kids because they need you at work. And that is as simple as that, really. 
Mid-morning with Mike Graham. Talk Radio. The independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Welcome back to Talk Radio. We're live streaming on YouTube, on Facebook and on Twitter as well, so you can watch us as well as listening to us. I really appreciate all the information we're getting in uh, from you about the state of what shops are looking like, about the kinds of advice you're getting from your schools, uh, from your children's teachers and indeed from the government and how you're dealing with it all and how you're coping with it all because we are uh, the voice of reason on this uh, radio station. We don't want to panic anybody. We want to make sure that every piece of information we give you uh, is entirely straight from the horse's mouth, stuff that you're seeing, stuff that you're being told, places you've been and things that you are seeing on an everyday basis. 0344 499 is the number. Don't forget we've got a podcast going out every single day. We had a bit of a problem with yesterday's one, but it's out now. Don't listen to it now, though. Listen to it later uh, if you missed it yesterday. We're going to go now over to Denmark, though, uh, which has been in a lockdown situation this week and probably for the next 14 days or so. Uh, we're going to speak to Chanel Vestergaard, community biologist, owner of a company called Little Pink Maker, because um, she is is, uh, along with some other members of the community, creating self-testing kits for the coronavirus, which is quite fascinating in itself. Chanel, a very good morning to you. Welcome. Good morning. Well, good afternoon, actually. Um, so it's currently lunchtime here in Copenhagen. And what does it look like um, yeah. at lunchtime on a Friday in Copenhagen in this sort of lockdown situation? Uh, it's, it's very, very creepy. So the streets are pretty empty. Um, right. Our Prime Minister, Medis Felixson, she's basically saying... Everyone stay home, um, try and do, we're calling it social distancing. So instead of, you know, being up close with people, yeah. stay at least six feet away from everyone. Um, supermarkets, when she announced on Thursday evening, it was about 22 at night, um, everyone just kind of beeline straight to the supermarket, right. even though she said, please don't, there's plenty of food, there's plenty of supplies, stop buying toilet rolls, you yeah. don't need to stockpile them. <laughs> And um, right now, it's very strange. It has a very um, apocalyptic feel. Yes, I imagine. And are, so are the shops actually open at the moment, or are they ordered to close down so that that's kind of yeah. traffic stops? What's just happened is there's just been an um, emergency law put into place which states that certain places and spaces will be closed. Um, so bars, restaurants, anywhere where more than 100 people can gather are officially closed by law and they'll close down okay. these laws basically end as of the first of april so they're kind of um like mini laws you could call it but people who work in the supermarkets they are kind of on the front you could say so they've been given extra um sanitary items sprays things to clean down all of the units um and when you're know, handling money they're wearing gloves or handling receipts um the only thing that i'm a bit worried about that i haven't seen happen is the keypads for the chip and pin systems yeah they haven't been um clean right. <laughs> the market i've been into so far i haven't seen anyone clean them and from a science point of view i already know where it lands and settles and things and sure. virus wise so it's kind of um every surface matters well, that is kind of difficult, isn't it? I mean, even in my building here where we're, we're working, it's a big media company, you come in, yeah. there's lots of hand sanitizers, but then you have to use a plastic card to open up the, uh, the security gate to get through uh, and then press a, a, a touch-sensitive a touch screen to get in your lift. Yeah. So it's, kind of, it's, kind, of, it's are... kind of counterproductive in some ways. Yeah, one of the things that I'm a real big advocate of and also everybody who's part of the MIT Global Community Biotechnology Initiative is saying is wash your goddamn hands. As soon as you've touched the surface, as soon as you're leaving the surface, yeah. go straight and find you know a basin, carry a bar of soap as need be because hand sanitizers only work to a certain degree yeah. and also all the properties in the hand sanitizers 
they're not very good for um, your skin in mm-hmm. general. So soap, if your hands are starting to get dry, you know, use some hand cream. But soap is your best effective yes. tool right now to beat this. Yes, I'm absolutely doing that. As soon as I get to work, I wash my hands. As soon as I do anything else at work, I wash my... You know, I tell, every time I go and get a cup of tea, I wash them again, which seems to be, yeah. um, you know, quite a, quite a good thing. But tell us more about this self-testing kit that you're working on. Yeah, so it's not me in general. It's a huge community of people. So it was organised by um, a guy called Thomas and yes. also a guy called Zach. Um, they're both based in the US and we're part of what's called DIY Bioscience. So we're thousands of people across the world who do science in either informal settings or educational settings, academia. And we're just trying to teach people science first and foremost. But what these guys are doing is they formed, it's called Jobel. So it stands for Just One Giant Lab. And there's a Slack channel, there's um, some Zoom accounts, there's a huge Facebook group also where people can get involved in trying to help create these self-testing kits using the primers and things that are from the CDC so we can actually make kits that we can use at home to test ourselves because the problem we have here in Denmark is yes we're all in quarantine for 14 days yes some of us may be sick but some of us might not be sick and Mm. how do we differentiate between who is and who isn't if we have these self-testing kits that we can do at home and then we call the virus hotline and say hey we've done the self-test kit it tests positive then the next steps can be put into place but in general right now it's really getting things off the ground making people aware that they can build tools and equipment within a week, um, biology tools that is, using 3D printers, laser cutters, other machinery that we have within society thanks to things like digital fabrication, fab labs, maker spaces and so on. Yeah. And really getting the community to wake up and realize that we all play a real vital role in this. It doesn't matter if you don't know science or not, you might be good with science communication, you might be really good with social media. It's about making sure that this test kit that's been well worked i should say gets out there and people know it's, it's coming yes one of the things that's being said here in this country is that uh, the boris johnson and the government are not sort of following in the footsteps of, of places like denmark and ireland because mm-hmm. the view here uh, is that it's better to let more people actually become infected albeit at a, at a, at a, at a slower pace in order for immune systems to build up no, um, no, what's no, your no, view no. of that no. That's a huge lie, and that is really underestimating so many, so many people's personal um, health issues. Mm. So I have a lot of health issues myself. Um, I have an immune system that's very compromised because of that. I'm taking my own precautions. Everyone should take their own precautions. But an entire government saying that they're not going to do anything or, you know, self-quarantine. They're not saying everyone. that. No, they're not saying that. But some critics of the government are saying that they are clearly yeah. taking the view um, that there's no reason to shut everything down, basically, and that's why. And the reason why they're saying that is because they want to try and keep the economy afloat, especially after what's happened with Brexit. Yeah. Everyone's kind of on this stance of we have to keep our economy safe and stable and strong and all these other buzzwords. But effectively, what's happening is if you have people who are sick, if you have people who end up critically ill that's going to do more damage to the person but also to things like the nhs it's going to put more strain on the nurses the doctors the workers the people on the front line so what we're trying to do it's called stopping the curve the curve point is basically how many people get infected versus how much of a threshold of say the nhs can handle yes what we're trying to do by doing this self-isolation is drop that curve to minimize it and Boris Johnson's response to this is just completely ludicrous in my views as a science person, because by stopping that curve, 
yes, you can keep the economy stable. We have proof of it here in Copenhagen, where, our, again, Prime Minister has influenced so many new rules and regulations. Small businesses will get help and assistance. Companies who've had um, events cancelled, they'll get assistance. People who've lost out on work hours, on money, they'll get assistance. Some things aren't covered, such as childcare, because here in Copenhagen, you pay for your childcare yourself, but then you get some taxes back. Um, it's really, it's absurd that he isn't actually trying to influence yeah. this. Well, I mean, that's, that's certainly your opinion, which you're very welcome to. But, I mean, in terms of the spreading of the disease and the harm that it does yeah. and the fatalities that it causes, is yeah. there any suggestion in Denmark that people are dying who have not got underlying health conditions? Um, so, the, right now, the data that I'm seeing coming out doesn't really suggest that. In Denmark, we have a very high rate of um, elderly. We have a high rate of people who smoke and drink. That's just a Danish thing in general. And there's no actual proof that that is a contributing factor to people, obviously, having a morbidity rate. But what I will say is, if we don't stop the curve, there's going to be a lot more bigger problems because what's happening is this virus can mutate. If it's out there and then it mutates and it turns into something else, what then? What happens after that? And it's been shown that that's happening in places like China and Singapore, further over in Asia. Um, there's been a case issue of it in the US. So we really need to, A, drop the curve by doing the self-isolation. OK. Well, good luck with it, uh, Chanel. Thanks very much for talking to us. Chanel Vestergaard, the community biologist and owner of Little Pink Maker, uh, says that self-isolation is definitely the way forward. Uh, it appears that at this, point, at this moment in time, the only advice to self-isolate is coming from the government if you are, in fact, sick. So if you have a cough uh, and if you have some form uh, of a temperature, uh, then you should self-isolate for seven days. That's the current advice in this country. This is Talk Radio. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Mid-morning with Mike Graham. Talk Radio. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. It's Friday, March the 13th. It is 12.33 and it is time for this. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Perrier Awards. 
have to say, it has been a show very much dominated by the coronavirus scenario that we are in. So I'm very happy to say uh, that I'm now joined uh, by Marta Malagon uh, from uh, Barcelona to do the Perry Awards this week because Con uh, is obviously self-isolating, I guess, is he? He is self-isolating because right um, he could not upload the podcast yesterday. So he's currently in punishment block territory. Yeah, so we've just told him that we don't want to see him right. today. He had one job yesterday. He literally had one job which yesterday. Which he failed to do. <laughs> Congratulations. Well anyway, done. the podcast went out this morning. Thanks, so well, thanks to you. Many apologies yes. to our listeners, but yes. it's there now. It's there. And today's will go out as well because Con's not here to be in charge of it. Correct. Correct. Excellent. We'll Splendid. See what, we'll see what happens on Monday. Yeah. Anyway, good afternoon good and afternoon. welcome to the Perry Awards. Thank this you. is where we'll look over, um, we'll look back over the past week of the so-called Independent <laughs> Republic of so Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Yes. And choose a favourite moment. Um, as it's tradition, Mike, the first Perry goes to you. Thank this, you. This one is for Advert of the Week. There are more people dying of old age listening to this radio show on a daily basis <laughs> than there are dying of coronavirus. Can we please get a grip? It's true. I mean, they should put that, like, you know, when the trails for the show? Yeah, they should. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I like truth in advertising. It's very important to me. Well, listen, uh, very good. Thank you. Uh, this, is just, this is only the first one. Um, however, dear listener, if you survive listening to the show, which yes. we can only help you do, yeah. uh, Mike will entertain you, providing the almost swear of the week. Uh, Jerry Godfrey, executive editor of the Times Money Mentor. Back to see you next Tuesday, of course. <laughs> <laughs> see, I can see you all laughing behind the glass there, but indeed she does come in every Tuesday, and I was yes. looking forward to seeing her I know. next Tuesday. I know, and, and, and you will, hopefully. Yes. But, uh, you know, it just it really, really got me, because I, I wasn't know. expecting to hear that, no, and then I, I did. To be honest, I wasn't expecting to say it. No. It just sort of came out like that. <laughs> is, that, is, that how, is that how you get through the shows? Like, you just yeah. don't expect what you're know, about I, to say? Yeah, I never know where I'm going. I just don't know. Well, that's good. And that's why it's spontaneous. Well done. Anyway, I must say thank you, because you make mm. me cry of laughter with that one. <laughs> so <laughs> I've got to say thank you Excellent. very much. Um, over to our callers now. Mark in Swansea, Windsor Perrier for the greeting of the week. Good afternoon, Your Eminence. How are you? <laughs> that was good. I've got a special, cool. special bo- box of chocolates for Mark, I think. Oh, very nice. Mm. Very nice. We'll send them along uh, the do we will Russ in Sussex gets an award for being the cheeriest caller of the week hello Mike how are you very well sir how are you doing I'm absolutely average (laughs) (laughs) you know we do say that sometimes in this office yes it's it's something that we started doing about a year and a half ago Uh, okay absolutely average yeah Yeah. I think it's one of those things that some people do say Mm. you know it's the first time I've heard it on the show though yeah well there's always a first. And he's right. He is indeed <laughs> completely right. average. Right, and the thing the thing I get is that sometimes I say to someone, oh, very average today, yes. and they're like, oh, what's wrong? And I'm like, nothing. It's just a form Av- of speaking. Yeah, but yeah. also average is good. There's nothing wrong with average. Average is not bad. My father, who was, of course, Scottish, used yes. to say there's no such thing as the average Englishman. They're all below average. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Very good. Anyway, yes. Nigel in Temple Fortune yes. makes it to the list of winners for his coronavirus analogy. No, it's a bit like a pantomime. It's behind you, it's behind you. Yeah. Where is it? Oh, there it is. It's yeah, behind. right. It's behind you. It's everywhere. Well, it's a, it is everywhere, particularly today, I yes. have to say. Yes, we've literally not it spoken is, about is, anything else. It has seeped into every moment of this broadcast, I have mm-hmm. to say. Yeah, mm. well, and, we'll, and we'll keep talking about okay. it for other Perry Awards. So, right. you know, just just keep waiting. Yes. Another Perry for you, Mike. Congratulations. Yes. This one, you actually share it uh, with Katie Perry yeah. off of the Perry Awards. I remember her. You know, you remember her? Yeah. Uh, she came on the show uh, early last week and you both won together the Diagnosis of the Week. 
Well, listen, I've been cleared of coronavirus. I think I've already had it. I am not in any way an, an infection uh, or a, a super spreader of any kind. It wasn't coronavirus I was worried about. Oh, right, OK. Thanks very much indeed for that. <laughs> <laughs> very harsh. She knows me too well. But fair, maybe? But fair, yes, yes, always I fair. Don't, I don't want to... Always you know, fair. But, you know, we love Katie. Yes. There's a lot, uh, there's no doubt that coronavirus has been the big story this year. The dominant year. story, yes. It's definitely been the big story today. Yes. It'll probably be the big story on Monday. Probably. It is, it's the new Brexit. It is the new Brexit. For us. I think you so. You know, broadcasters, yes. media people. Yes. It's the new thing that every morning we're like, yes, we're definitely doing with yes. that. Which makes life easier, but very difficult at the same time. Mm. Someone who uh, has managed to stay calm throughout the whole outbreak is uh, former NHS Trust Chairman uh, Roy Lilly. Yes. And he wins the period uh, precisely for that. Yeah, but this is like, like, like Operation Yellowhammer all over again, isn't it? This is what they said would happen if we left the European Union. We'd run out of medicine, we'd run out of food. It's all cobblers. Well, I think it is important that we, that we retain uh, a sense of proportion. Exactly. We retain a sense You've just told me half a million people might die. <laughs> He did say that. To be fair, he did say that, and mm. he also did not say that. But he said, worst case scenario. Yeah, but let's not get the truth get in the way of a good parent award, okay. I would say. Are you saying but I you made know. that up? No. He did say it was going to be half a million. If it, well, yeah, it but, then, but then he corrected himself. Oh, OK. See, I could have gone on and actually contemplated this, you know, mm. putting the whole thing and also do it as correction of the week. Right. It was too much work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you Who's know, got the time? Been, well, exactly. And, you know, I've been uploading podcasts all morning, all yes. that stuff. I've Extra been very work. busy. Yeah, of course. Very busy. Yeah, of course. Earlier on the show, we went over to Denmark mm. and to Spain to see how people are coping with coronavirus over there. And even earlier in the week, we went farther away to Sydney and oh, yes. across life to speak to our very own Ricky Freelove, who yes. we miss very much. Mm. And we don't think he'll be listening, but, you know. You never know. He's picked a really weird time to go on holiday and he's also winning an award for the Dick of the Week. And finally, do you have any message for Matthew Wright? Uh, keep up the good work and uh, commiserations on the award. Very harsh, that. Hush. Mm, careful. You know, you can tell that he's on the other side of the world. He's yeah. like, I don't care what I say. He doesn't care what he says, no. He's like that. He's like that. He's very independent. He's, he's yeah, like the Republic. Yeah, similar. <laughs> very similar. Very similar. Back to you, Mike. Yes. Uh, you win the next period for saying what we all think. I'm now beginning to wonder whether we actually now have a nation of complete idiots. Correct. <laughs> I have wondered that on a few occasions. This is with yeah. particular regard to the panic buying yes. that's going on. And idiots buying all the same things. It's absolutely ridiculous. It mm. really, really annoys me because I've actually got to go and do a weekly shop today. Yes. And I don't know what I'm going to find. Yeah. I've got like Nobody a big supermarket say. like across the road of where I live. Okay. And um, my flatmate was there the other day and she was like, well, I need to buy loo rolls, but there's yeah. just on any. There's none. And you know, we're down to four. Well, four like, is okay. That'll keep you going for a while. Yeah, but, you, but not very long. You know, I start getting a little bit stressed when I'm like halfway really? down. I'm like, oh, right. I need to. I'm one of those people well, that I need know. to have like a stash okay. all the time. All right. Well, <laughs> you know, you should like talk to James Max because he was on Plank of the Week this week. Yes. And he revealed uh, that he has in excess of 100 toilet rolls in his house. Oh my God, he's yeah. going to make so much money if he sells yeah. them on eBay. So if you have a word with him privately on Monday, I'm sure yeah. he'll bring some in for you. Oh, you know what? I'm going to do that. You okay. Know, I'm going to do Here's that. Thank man. you very much. Not at all. <laughs> you also like win a perrier for the innuendo of the week. Okay, so I'm going to get people kneeling before me, uh, as you might expect me to do, uh, and finding out whether they're enjoying it or not, which should be quite interesting. Well, Johnny Seifert certainly enjoyed it. He did enjoy it, yeah. but then again, he, he, he prays all the time. He so, does. So he, he spends a lot of his time on his knees, is that what you're saying?
Yeah, praying. Okay. He's very religious, man. He is. He Honestly, is. he is yeah, very. I know. Um, that was great, by the way, because I put out, um, he came in to talk about squatting and kneeling in the office, yeah. and I put out a little Insta story, and I had loads of replies of people who work in this building and sort of know him, mm. being like, why is he kneeling? Yeah. Why is he kneeling? And I had to reply to like, <laughs> I kid you not, like maybe 10 or 12 people saying, right. no, no, it was for a story. Yeah. It was all fine. Not today, of course, though. He doesn't work Fridays, does he? No, he doesn't work Fridays for religious reasons mm. as well. Okay. So there you go. All right. Well, I hope he's kneeling somewhere then. I hope he is somewhere. To be fair, at this stage, I just wish that people just uh, keep existing. Yes, that's good. <laughs> I think it's the best thing. Um, we rarely give uh, para rewards to the people who work in the office yes. and not on the show. But uh, this time it is very necessary to make an exception. And in okay. fact, I'm going to name and shame them. Please do. The three of them, Roddy, Gareth and Carlos. Right also known as the digital team at Talk Radio, who are listening outside, hopefully, they win the Perrier for Planks of the Week. And if some of you are wondering and looking for the live feed uh, on YouTube, it's not out there today because the planks that run the uh, technological <laughs> side of this business uh, couldn't work out how to do it, I'm afraid. That was there us down go. in Parliament where we couldn't yes. produce a live stream on YouTube, <laughs> but there we are. <laughs> I'm going to stay in here for a while now. They're looking a bit nasty out there. Yeah, I think we should stay until four, you know, just for our yeah, own safety. Yeah, a lockdown in the studio. <laughs> yeah. Off to Julia Hartley breakfast now. Professor of Virology Mark Harris was talking to Julia about coronavirus, obviously, and perhaps unwillingly he became the ideal candidate to be quarantined. You have to save quarantine for the, the vital period when it's most needed. Yeah, and I think there's, there's going to be a difficult call here, isn't there? Because you could you could say that quarantine now <clears throat> might work, but you know when when do we actually trigger the quarantine? Yeah, when I'd, do we trigger I'd a lockdown of, yeah. of the UK? And of course, we're, we're not <clears throat> we're not the same as Italy, where <laughs> all the cases. I'm a bit worried we're going to have Italy. to quarantine you at this rate, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, indeed, yeah. <clears throat> no, I think I'm okay. I hope he's all right. <laughs> well, I hope Otherwise, so too. Otherwise, we're all making fun of him. I hope so too. We, yeah. should, we should try and book him to come on our show. Yeah, once his cough's got better. Yeah, obviously on Skype though. Right. Like, yes. Don't not come in, his, in the building. Don't come in the building. No, please. <laughs> anyway, finally, our last perrier, um, news reader legend Rachel Jewell. Yes. Wins the complete breakdown of the week. Managed through an economic shock that could prove large and sharp, but should be temporary. Excuse me, while the uh, computer just seems to have, have crashed for momentarily, I'll bring you uh, the next update. Former Chief Secretary to the Treasury, Bless. David Gore. Breaking news, my computer's not working. <laughs> I wonder if they write that in to the script. Yes. You know, just in case it happens. It's to keep people on their toes, yeah, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's all intentional. It's anyway. terrible. Well, this is what happens in live radio. No well, offence, exactly. Rachel. We no. love you, really. Oh, of course, yeah. I was going to yeah. say, well well done dealing well with done that. Well done for getting through it. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, no one died, so it's all Still good. Still not as good as that time you could hear the, the microphone wasn't working properly a few <laughs> weeks ago and somebody was running it out of the studio to try and fix it. You know, we're going to have to replay that. We might point. have to do a Perry Awards of the Year. Have we ever done that? No. Maybe we should, uh, Maybe we should start do preparing that. for that. Yeah, OK. You know, because for when we're all locked down and not able to go anywhere, we'll need a lot of stuff to listen to to keep us cheery, <laughs> cheery, cheered up. <laughs> Okay, or I'll, I'll get started on Marvelous. that. I'll, I'll get Con to start compiling a yes. list. Yeah, because you, you'll need him to start now yes. uh, because he hasn't got much longer left. I don't mean there's anything wrong with him. No, um, but he's, he's leaving. leaving yeah. yeah, He's leaving. Uh, so can we say sad. it? I don't know if we can say it. So I'm not going to say it. Well, he's leaving at the end of the month. Yeah. He's going to Australia. Oh, so we can say it then. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think uh, I've said it before. I, I, I'm not sure. Although yeah. they might not let him in now. Well, listen, that wouldn't be the worst thing. No. No, I'm joking, of no, course. We, we love you dearly. Yes. Anyway, thank that's you very all. much. Thank you very much. See you next week. See you next week.
The Perrier Awards on Talk Radio. Talk Radio across the UK, online, on DAB and on your smart speaker. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. If you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday, on Talk Radio via DAB online or via the Talk Radio app. And if you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us on 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. Mid-morning with Mike Graham. Talk Radio. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.